What's up, everybody? Derek here with the Knocked and Loaded podcast. Today I've got John Kep. He's a good buddy of mine. We went to high school together, and uh, he is the owner of Addiction Calls. So, good buddy, great podcast. He's got some awesome calls. We're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about how he got started. We're going to talk about where he's going and a little bit of hunting as well. So, listen up. We got John Kep addiction calls here we go this is Derek Dernberger and you're listening to the knocked and loaded podcast what's up John Kep how's it going Derek man I've been trying to get you in here since I started this podcast and I finally have the legend yeah I don't know about that but uh-huh. yeah it's good to be here good good you ready for turkey season? I am dying for turkey season. I yeah. can't wait. Been uh, been up all morning making pot calls early this morning. So have you? Yeah, and uh, with those in the custom side and the production side, you know, production side's pretty much done already. But uh, everybody wants that pretty custom call out of an exotic wood or something like right. that. Right. So right. That puts me in the basement for a while. That's all right. You'll be out in the field oh, yeah. here before long, out yeah. in the woods. Yeah. When you start your turkey season? Uh, it's right there the second week of April. Okay, so you're not going anywhere before Missouri? No. No. Okay. No, uh, plan on a trip probably to Arkansas and a bit to Tennessee, but uh, I'm going to start out in Missouri. Okay, so, good. I know yeah. some guys that are headed to Florida right now. Oh, man. I'm I, jealous. Like I said, I'd love to be there. Uh, I... Uh, Got an invite to an outfitter down there around Sarasota, but uh, can't I can't drive seventeen hours to shoot a turkey. You <laughs> well, know? you could. Well, I guess I could, but that's a little excessive. Yeah. But one of these days, I'll get it done. Well, you and I need to go together. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've never been turkey hunting anywhere other than Missouri and Illinois. I went to Illinois last year for the first time and. Right. But I just pretty much stick to Missouri. Yeah, Illinois is good, too. There's a lot of ridge, you know, a lot of ridge birds over there. So, kind of a little bit of different hunting, at least southern Illinois. But Right. Uh, yeah, the Florida deal, I want to get done one day because, you know, the guy is an outfitter, so we can go down there and get it done. We won't, probably won't be wasting our trip. But, right. Uh, and he knows the locals there, to, uh, you know, if we need to move around. Uh-huh. So. Hog hunting, we could probably do that at the same time. Yeah. I know some guys that go down to Florida and they kill some turkeys and then yeah, that'd be, hogs as well. That could be worth the trip. It definitely yeah. could. I do like killing hogs too. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my uh, my mom actually lives in Sarasota, so oh. you know we have a place to stay too. So well, there we go. Well, let's go. We can <laughs> hit the go. road right after this. Yeah, we have to uh, book a plane ticket or something. That'd make okay. it a lot better. That would make it a lot better. Oh yeah. Oh, we yeah. could do that. We'd be down there in an hour and a half and scouting turkeys. Uh-huh. No, we'd, we'd definitely have to do that. Uh, how was waterfowl season? That's probably your number one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, waterfowl's probably my biggest uh, industry. Uh, it was pretty good, you know. Um, started out slow like it always does and got better towards in January, but uh, it was a decent year. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hunt with uh, Shane at SEMO Outfitters very much, or you just... This year I didn't, no, okay. no, but, uh, you know, I kept up with what was going on over there, and they had a really good season, like yeah. they always do. But, right. Uh, 
No, I hunted uh, Missouri, Arkansas, Tennessee, and uh, Illinois. Okay. So a little bit of everything. Yep. But uh, most of it was in Arkansas. Had a buddy of mine's place down there. Okay. In uh, close to Clarendon, Arkansas. If uh, people are familiar with that. All right. You uh, just a lot of private land. Just buddies you know here and there and yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It was all private land. Uh, old sloughs and you know cypress swamps and stuff like that. Yep. Which you know. That's uh, a lot of people haven't got to do, but, uh, you know, it's on a lot of people's bucket list to hunt the timber in Arkansas, and, and, and there's a reason why. Yeah. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Nothing. That's where you'd rather be as opposed to open open water, open field? Oh, yeah. Definitely. To, to me, you know, it's it's a more intimate thing, you know. You're not having to crouch down in a blind and stay hidden. You're just hugged up to a tree with your buddies there and... It's up close and personal with the ducks, you know, uh-huh. so, and just the sounds, you know, the shotguns going off and the echoing through the, the echo. timber, man, it's, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Nothing close. Now, it's something I would love to do that I've never got to do is go up north with a friend of mine in Minnesota, and, you know, most of those guys, they, they don't hunt water at all. They're all dry field hunting. So, okay. So, I thought that would be pretty neat, you know, down here, dry field duck hunts, not not really going to happen but right up there that's all they do so i thought that would be a, kind of a fun thing to do uh-huh well i'll tag along with you on that too <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> i shoot a few honkers big old honkers and you know they that's basically what they do is they're setting up for geese and they got one spinner out there and the ducks just pile in on them so, no kidding so you can shoot all the honkers and shoot the the ducks in the dry field as well so well nice yeah, yeah, well, I'm in for that too, man. <laughs> you just tell me when we're going. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Got a few more months. Yeah, yeah, for that, for sure. Yeah. Are you doing any uh, snows? and? No, nah, I've never really, I've traced them back when I was young and, you know, was able to crawl down through the ditches and a little more eager than I am now to shoot one. Right. But, but I haven't done it in quite some time. But uh, now the speckle belly hunting, you know. I'd much rather do that. You know, that's to me, they're probably even more fun than duck hunting because they're more vocal and they kind of carry on a conversation with you. As you're calling, they'll call back to you with the same call or, you know, in response to your call. So Uh they're probably the most fun to hunt. And, you know, you don't have to have a huge spread of decoys to hunt them. You know, you can put out a dozen decoys and, uh, and get them in there. Huh. But... That's probably the best, other yeah. than the, other than the flooded timber. Right. <laughs> so. huh. Yeah, that's so. We've known each other for quite a while. We went to high school together. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think I. We didn't hunt together back then. I don't even know if I knew you hunted. You may not even know. Right. Know that I hunted back then, but. Right. It was. Uh, well, basically, all I remember back then, you know, with us, it was sports. Right. <laughs> that's all, yeah. You know, all we did. Day in and day out, but uh, yeah, um, you know I've hunted most of my life. You know, grow up deer and turkey hunting mainly and fishing. Right. And uh, you know, uh, it all kind of got started uh, when my brother got to be of age to go waterfowl hunting. He, uh, my dad, took him on a youth hunt, and I tagged along, which was the first time, you know. Mm-hmm. I've actually uh, waterfowl hunted, 
I guess I was probably 14 or 15. Yep. And ever since that day, that, that, that just changed everything. I, I still deer hunted and turkey hunted wild waterfowl, you know, but eventually I quit deer hunting. I still turkey hunt because that's my favorite besides duck hunting. Right. Um, probably, you know, oh, it's a close call. It's a good thing they're, you know, different seasons. Cause right. <laughs> it'd be a, it'd be a tough decision to make, but, um, that, that's the day that I decided waterfowl is what I wanted to do. Uh-huh. And, uh, ever since then, I've just been hammered down on it. Yeah. Hammered down. Yeah. I remember back in high school, of course I hunted everything back in, back in the day. Right. We would, uh, talking about sports, I remember basketball season. You remember Heath Berger. Oh yeah. We were good buddies back then in high school, played basketball and we would, uh, we'd go hunting in the mornings before school, drive to school, still have a shotgun in the back glass gun rack. Oh yeah. Went yeah. to school. As soon as school was over on game days, because we didn't have basketball practice right after school, we'd take off and go hunt hunt geese in the evening as well. This is during basketball season. I remember we were uh, had a basketball game that night, and we had to be there at before the JV game started. Right. Well, we had, I don't know, three 400 geese in this field, <laughs> and we're crawling down this ditch, and it's almost game time, and Heath is – we got to go, man. I was like, we got 300 geese in there. They're about ready to get up and fly. We're waiting. And, uh, oh, man, I remember they come up and flew over, and we moved down the ditch too far. They didn't fly over us. Right. Wasted. Usually. Yeah, that's what happens. But, yeah, yeah, that's how you sneak in there and you try to guess where, Mm -hmm. get in the center and guess how they're going to fly up. And Exactly. Yeah, they were (laughs) too far away. So we come running out of this ditch. The game's starting. We have to run home, get our gear basketball gear go back to school we snuck in there and acted like we were there the entire time (laughs) coach never saw us and we uh that's a good plan yeah yeah but it was uh that's how we used to do it back in the day and then i got into deer hunting i mean back then again i loved waterfowl hunting but right once i got out and you know you you you're doing other things whether it's college or school or you're starting a family you right. can't do it all right exactly exactly so yeah i went the deer hunting route yeah you got to pick one and well i went i picked waterfowl and kind of went the other way you know but i don't know it was just something about being out there with with friends and and being able to talk and uh-huh. you know communicate with the animal you know i guess you can use the deer grunt but but, but it's nowhere it's not, near. Nowhere near no. the same. So, you know, you don't have to sit there and be quiet and, uh-huh. and all that. That is a great thing about waterfowl. <laughs> oh, yeah. It really is. And you can cook breakfast there. You uh-huh. don't have to sit there. You know, you're not worried about smells or anything like that. So. Yep. But, you know, I I would still go deer hunting in a heartbeat. But like you said, you you got to – it gets to where you got to pick something. Yeah. It's, it's too much, but – well, in the best time of the season, you know, duck season comes in here. I mean, the best time is what, mid-November? Uh, probably or not? Well, probably, well, that's... That's kind of when it's starting, Depending right? on where you're at. But here, I, I would say late December and January. Late December is, probably, is the best. As long as you're not froze up, of course, which usually happens. Right. But, uh, but I guess, see, yeah, season opens first part of November. Is that correct? Yeah, the, the middle zone does. Middle zone, and, where we're at. And we're, we can actually hunt both because we're, we're right on the line. We can okay. hunt middle and south. 
and south usually opens around Thanksgiving Day. So you got the first week of November usually is middle zone, and then Thanksgiving okay, for yeah. the south. So you can kind of hunt both, and you know you get actually here you can extend your season because you can go from you know first week of November to almost the end of January. So uh huh, yep. Yeah, that's why. That's another reason why deer season is just getting good. Yeah, exactly. And then duck season's kicking in. So I remember many a morning we couldn't wait for deer season because the draw lines at Duck Creek and uh, Otter Slough would be down because everybody went there. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's what we thought about deer season. You know, most of the time after you know after the fifteen, sixteen year old. Right. We we couldn't wait for deer season. Yeah, that's something that's changed a lot as well. If people don't know, you know, how do you get on to these public duck hunt, waterfowl duck hunting oh, yeah. places? Back in the day, you used to leave your house at what two in the morning, three in the morning, where we're at, oh, yeah. drive down to Duck Creek or Ten Mile or Otter Slough, yeah, and uh, yeah, you had an hour to get a lottery, yeah, and, and then if you didn't you get it. draw, yeah, exactly, go home. And you know that pretty much, uh, pretty much burns your day because you know you get up two o'clock and drive an hour and uh, don't draw out. You got an hour drive back and mm-hmm. you know you go back to bed and then you just you're right. Done, you're pretty much done right. until late afternoon. So. Uh huh. So it's much more convenient now with online, right? There's an online yeah, draw. Yeah. Um, actually, only Otter Slough this you know the past couple season has been doing what they call a quick draw, mm-hmm. and you can put your name in. Um, to get in a drawing, and they will actually, if you if you win a position, you actually know this date I'm going to get to hunt, and this is the pill number I've got. Mm-hmm. So kind of the order you're going to be uh, picking. Pick your, your blind, yeah. So, yeah, that, you know, Outer Slough did that the last two seasons, and, of course, I didn't get drawn very many times. But to me, that's the way to do it because you're not wasting you're wasting your time. Right. Uh, and uh, I don't know if there's any truth to it, but I've been told the, the others are going to start doing that too. Okay. But, you know, you know how hearsay is. But, right. Uh, yeah, definitely more convenient. Uh-huh. <laughs> but in your position, you hunt a lot more private these days yeah, anyways. Yeah, uh, I'll do, I'll go maybe two or three times a year to the public just to, for nostalgic reasons, you know. I, I miss, you know, with me and my father and brother used to, go just about every weekend uh-huh. know, Saturday and Sunday so you know just kind of a nostalgic thing to go back and everything still looks the same as it did back then so uh-huh. it's pretty neat yeah no it's been I guess it's been since high school if I'm gonna age myself that's yeah almost 30 years <laughs> now since right. uh since I've done that but yeah yeah that can uh that can turn a guy away from waterfowling quick if you mm-hmm. uh, if that's all you depend on is getting out, you know, at a public place. Yeah. They can definitely turn you away. Oh yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. So you talked about your love for waterfowl hunting. You were hooked, but then you took it to the next level with addiction, right? Your company. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Tell us how you got started (coughs) making your calls and, uh, you know, what led you to that? Well, um, I guess it was 1995. I just got out of high school, and uh, always my father had always been working on something in the basement or in the garage, you know. And uh, a lot of it was woodwork, 
so uh, we thought we'd do something together because we you know I just got hooked on waterfowling and and started getting the interest in the in the calls you know buying calls and trying the different ones so we decided uh we'd buy a lathe and give it a shot uh-huh. so we bought uh actually back then it was pretty expensive and and they're still pretty expensive but it, it, we went and bought a good lathe it was a delta uh which most people know you know that's a good that's a really good quality machine so we bought that and a couple of other uh, bandsaw and uh, a few little tools, drill bits and so forth that you need to do it, and uh, started giving it a try. This was some old junk wood, you know, mm-hmm. it's two by four or a little piece of oak or something like that, and, and uh, turned them, turned them. The first few, you know, obviously everybody's first few is pretty. Uh, not very good. Pretty rough. Yeah, pretty rough. That's the <laughs> word. Uh, but you know, we kept trying at it. Got a couple, couple to sound pretty good, and uh, I can't remember exactly how it went, but uh, we kind of got away from it. I, you know, I was starting college and working a job, and just kind of got put on the back burner. You know, so. With obviously lots of other things to do, uh, so it got put on the back burner until probably two thousand nine mm-hmm. uh, or late two thousand eight, probably. And uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to give this another try and just play around with it, you know, with no intentions of making a business. Uh, just had one, still had that same lathe, uh, hook, held on to that. And uh, same band saw and just set up in the basement and started uh, reading online, you know, how to get more refined in doing it. And refine, like refine making your calls and you're talking about shapes of the tube or, and all that or what are we talking about? Well, basically uh, more into depth detail on what makes the call actually work and, and how, okay. you know, what affects what what you do changes what like the pitch and yeah 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 and that goes back to well we'll we'll, we'll go through that but um, basically buying better materials better finish supplies and you know just working towards a better product and you know I did it for a few years and sold them to some local guys and and uh, I guess it was probably I don't know. I was probably into it, say a hundred calls, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just handmade in the basement and, uh, took them to the NWTF national convention in 2010. Uh, took a few down there, which they have a big calling contest. Uh, they have the Turkey side and then they had a duck and goose side. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Basically, you take your hunting style call. They have a decorative division as well, but I, you know, I entered the hunting style. And uh, they have eight judges, and they will, each judge runs that call. So it's not like a normal call contest where you're, I got you. where you're judging the guy running the call. The judges are actually judging the call based on the sound and the craftsmanship. And uh, the first year of 2010, I, uh, one rookie of the year 
what they call, you know, somebody mm -hmm. new that has entered the contest. Yeah. And I won that. I was pretty excited about that. And that helped, uh, you know, that helped boost it a little bit in the local paper and so forth. Wanted to see what that was about. So we got a, did a little story on that. And uh, kept on going, you know, got them a little more refined and a little better each year. Uh -huh. In 2012, I won the, the champion call maker of the year at the NWTF. And uh, 2013, I won it again. And it really started picking up. And there's kind of, kind of a three or four guys that kind of got this custom call market, which is what that uh, entailed down there. Uh -huh. Started, you know, using exotic woods, exotic burls that has been stabilized and so forth. Started a, a custom call market that has just by by now has exploded, and uh, so I went straight down that path with uh, turning out higher end custom calls, and they got better each year. Got to 2016, I'd won again, and uh, won the champion of champions as well. Now, what is a champion of champions? Just it is a division where only people that have won callmaker the year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, basically, that was really what propelled kind of the name. It is being able to have some recognition there, and with putting out a you know a product that. Have, we had just reached the point where it was starting to explode. So it was kind of good timing all the way around. Uh huh. <clears throat> when did you decide that this could be a business, it could be a good business? Was it after you won Rookie of the Year or, you know, that was just still kind of a hobby then? And then you won Callmaker of the Year? Is that when you decided, you know, this could get real? Well, I guess, it, yeah, it was probably right after the Rookie of the Year. Um, there's a few forums on online, you know, that uh, dealt specifically with waterfowl stuff. So, mm -hmm. uh, started to get a name and getting some orders online from from that forum, and um, you know, it just kind of bled off into other forums and more and more people, word of mouth and this and that, and they just the orders just started coming in to where it became a job. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, it was, it, it was still doable back then, you know, with having a full-time job and, and trying to get people orders in a timely manner. Mm -hmm. But, um, now it's, it, it's a real full-time job, even though I still work uh, right. another real full-time uh -huh. job. So I got two full-time jobs right now, but I love doing it and I love people's reaction to the call that they get. So... It's just uh, all the way around. It's a fulfilling thing. Uh huh. Well, you've got a crazy following. I'll see you post a call on Facebook. You know what do you call them? The waffles you'll do, <laughs> yeah, or you yeah. you know one out of ten drawing you'll buy a spot, and it's liter literally filled up in a matter of thirty seconds. Yeah. I mean, you see, yeah. you post just now, and boom, 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 the replied, and you see the little three dots like somebody else is typing. Right. Right. It's uh, it's gone in no time. It uh, it's hard to keep up with, mm -hmm. you know. 
and you know you're going to make some people mad because hey I, I picked that spot or I picked this spot right I mean you can only do so much it, it happens so fast that Facebook can't keep up with it so it puts them in the wrong order and and then but so you international I mean where's where's the longest order the farthest away um, from from here that you've had I know you've got had to have had some in Canada yeah. Oh, yeah, lots, lots in Canada. Uh, probably either New Zealand or Russia. Okay. Uh, sold some in Ukraine. What's that feeling like? Like, <laughs> holy cow! Somebody <laughs> in the Ukraine yeah. found my call. Exactly. I'm based out of here in southeast Missouri. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty cool to know that you know it has that kind of recognition. Uh-huh. Um, until you go to the post office and see what kind of pain it is to ship <laughs> right. something over there, but. Other than that, it's it's really neat to uh, say, you know, uh, they're in the Ukraine, Russia, New Zealand, uh-huh. you know, but uh, it's pretty cool. Yep. So you, uh, waterfowl, that's where you've you've blown your business up. Right. Now you do the ducks, duck calls, several different lines. So when, when you make a duck call, um, the shape of it obviously makes a different sound, the reed style possibly the reed shape tell me how that worked well, well you got several obviously uh, the outside shapes not going to matter too much just distinguishes who's who and i got this and that but the inside the internals is your is your tone board they call it, it it's the radius of the tone board is what uh determines what this call is going to sound like as well as the exhaust end of the insert but everything happens in the insert and uh, most people are using the same reed material. It's a mylar, 10,000 mylar. So that's not really a big deal, but it's how you create that insert that mm-hmm. separates people. I got you. And uh, that radius and the reed length and so forth is what determines what it's going to sound like. Mm-hmm. So you do the, uh, you do, you make a line of goose calls as well. Yep. Yep. I have two Canada calls, a longer one. Uh, for the deeper, you know, easy to break over kind of hunting style call, and then I have a short one that's a lot faster, a little bit higher pitch. Uh, so guys have their preference there. A lot mm-hmm. of the guys that are that hunt a lot like the shorter ones. Uh, a lot of guys that aren't great on a goose call will like the longer one that's a little more forgiving. I see. Because a lot of goose calling is in your hands, so if you can work your hands, you can work that smaller call faster and to the to your liking. Where the other one, you still got to use your hands, but it's a little more forgiving. I got you. And then I'll have a speckle belly goose call as well, which is, you know, becoming a real hot market, or has been, I guess, for a year or so. It's... Uh, Seems like more and more people are getting into the speckle belly. Uh-huh. Is that a higher pitched? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, way higher pitched. Yeah, it's a lot higher pitch and and total different sound. That's what they call a yodel. Um, they I got you. they do a yodel instead <laughs> I know of what a you're talking about or a cluck or a moan. You know, mm-hmm. but well, the speckle bellies will do a moan too or a murmur kind of. But yeah, those are the three goose calls that I have right now. Okay, and now you've you're doing. Turkey calls as well. Yep. Primarily pot calls. Mostly pot calls. Uh, I do a slate, aluminum, and glass pot call. Um, the production side are mostly, they're going to be cherry. 
with a Purple Heart two-piece striker. That's the production side. The custom side, you know, can be whatever you want uh, as far as wood goes. Uh, I do Paduke, Bacote, Hedge, uh, lots of different burls that have been stabilized. So, mm-hmm. But uh, as well, I, uh, I make a turkey trumpet, which is old school. A lot of people don't use it anymore, uh, which is... And I fell in love with them at the NWTF, just seeing the craftsmanship of of what it takes to make one. Uh, so I decided I was going to try to make some of those as well. And I've just fell in love with them. Not only for the fact that the looks of them, but a lot of people don't use them, so a lot of turkeys haven't heard them. It's a totally different sound out in the woods for them. So that can be a pretty big advantage. Yeah, I've never used them either. It's- right. A lot of people don't even know what it is. I show them, I show it to them, and they have no idea what it is. But it, it's based on, you know, the old wing bone calls, mm-hmm. except, you know, it's just instead of a wing bone, you've turned a barrel and a furrow and a mouthpiece and created, you know, the same kind of uh, call. You, you do a, like a kissing motion on the end of it. There's no reed. There's no anything like that. It's just an air cavity. And how you design that air cavity makes it give you your pitch and tone and the ease of use and so forth. But I see. Uh, also, I have a line of mouth calls coming out this year. Do you really? So, because so many people have uh, asked me about them, you know. And I just didn't want to come out with, you know, a store-bought mouth call. Mm-hmm. I wanted to come out with one that is good. And so we got three different cuts coming out and... Hopefully, the hope is to have them probably online in the next week and a half, two weeks, and people can check those out. All right, That'll good. Three different cuts. <clears throat> no, that's that's awesome. Yeah, because you know a lot of people, that's all. That's use. all they use. Yeah, so kind of filling that void. Uh huh. That's primarily all I use. Yeah, I'm a terrible caller, but right. <laughs> well, uh, I primarily have always used a slate, or you know. A lot of people call them slates, but it's a it's a pot call, right? And depending on what surface you want to put in it, but I've always used a pot call for mm-hmm. the most part. But you know, it's hard to do when they get in there close on you. Yeah, you it is. Be able to switch over. Well, for me, it's it's mouth call because I'm primarily self videoing. Yeah. And you know, you're trying to hold hands. the gun. Yeah, I've got a hand on the camera. I don't have you know two other hands to to run my pot call. So exactly. Yeah, I had to learn how to. Use a mouth call. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Get rid of that gag reflex. <laughs> yeah. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely different. Uh-huh. Good, man. Um, so what what's next with your company? Where do you see it going? You do the production side on both waterfowl and turkey calls, goose calls. You also have the custom. You know, what's the, what's the future? Well, um, my goal is to... Uh, Try to get the, the addiction call side more in the production realm, where mm-hmm. uh, you know production being CNC'd parts that based off my design that are in Bass Pro Cabela's, yeah, yeah. wherever you're going to put them. Yeah, in uh, you know some of the bigger ones. I'm in some mom and pops now, but you know some of the larger retailers that can move more calls. That's the goal for addiction calls, and then. Um, to keep up with the handmade stuff that I like to do, uh, I'm creating what uh, I call K2 calls. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in honor of my father who passed away. And uh, I figured I'd do a tribute to him as this, you know, this is how we kind of got, I got started in this thing. It was right. me and him. So uh, his name was Keith Cap. So everybody called him K2. And uh, that's where I've gotten the name from. And I'm going to move most of my custom stuff to be under the K2 name, the handmade stuff that I do, you know, made by me one at a time is going to be in the K2 line. Uh-huh. So I'm going to try to separate the two, you know, to play both sides of the field, you know, the production side and the custom side. Cause everybody, you know, there's everybody wants a production call, and then there's a group of people that uh, will only buy custom stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, for me... I dabble a little bit in the production stuff, but for the most part, I want something, somebody handmade. Uh huh. So the K2 thing is really uh, my passion right now in trying to get that started and move the addiction into the production. Mm hmm. Yeah, so, it's tough to keep up by yourself, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, I get the wife to help me with some, you know, the paperwork side of things every now and then, but. Uh huh. It's a lot of work, especially, you know, with a full-time job during the day and, and trying to get, uh, it makes my nights long and uh, pretty much do it all day Saturday and Sunday, most weekends, so uh-huh. it's, a, it's a grind. It is a grind. <laughs> yes, I know it is, it is. but, it is. you know, any successful business oh, yeah. is a grind. Got to put that time in, mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. So he, do you? I guess you do the marketing side. You do everything. I do Who everything. created your logo? It's probably the coolest logo that, that uh, the the old skull logo, uh-huh. yeah. Um, I had this in my head. I wanted a skeleton to duck, and uh, actually, I forgot the guy's name now. But I just you know I found him online and asked him, could he draw what I had in my head? And and it took a few tries, but that's that's how it ended up looking. And I think that was. Uh, a winner because I still to this day everybody wants me to bring back that, that uh-huh. old logo. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and I brought it back a little bit here and there, but yeah, I, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but yeah. uh, he hand drew that and vectored it for me. Yeah, no, that's several cool. years ago. Even your AC logo was yeah, yeah that that was my doing. That was you your know, I wanted something a little more simple and you know more. Uh, uh, I guess I shouldn't say brandable because the duck was brandable, but uh, just something a little more simple as far as being able to put on the products. Mm-hmm. But, so that's what led to that. Yep. Yep. I, I know Vanessa, she loves she loves you spinning duck calls in the basement every <laughs> night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she loves it. Uh, she loves hearing the turkey calls and the goose and uh-huh. the, all the duck calls going all hours of the night. So Yeah, I'm about to start cranking up the... The turkey call practicing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nicole loves it, too. Nicole's going to love that, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But you deal it. Vanessa deals with it every night. Every night. 365. (laughs) Yeah. Every night I'm down there working on something. Uh Uh-huh. And a lot of times some people come over looking for calls to looking to purchase a call or just come over and hang out. And so sometimes we'll have five or six guys running one down there at the same time, so... She really likes that. <laughs> I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, 
But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's the plan, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we get going down that road, and everything is kind of falling into place for that right now. So the other thing you do that uh, that I guess falls into the custom side, but you can do it with your production models as you do um, like promotion promotional items. You can stamp somebody else's logo on it oh, if they yeah. wanted to do something like that. Absolutely. I uh, I have a CO2 laser in, in the shop, and uh, I can create logos or take your business logo and put it on our product, a duck call or a goose call or a turkey call or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, kind of whatever you want. Uh, so, yeah, that uh, that's a good, you know, Christmas gift with their name and or a, a born baby born or a birth, you know, somebody's birthday on them. Or I've even done a uh, an engagement duck call. Oh yeah. That uh, he took his, uh, you know, his girlfriend hunting and handed her this duck call that said, "Will you marry me?" On it. No and kidding. Then, yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. So you know, it's kind of limitless of what you you know custom as far as that goes. Well, she she has no excuse then because she. <laughs> Got the the duck call that says, "Will you marry me?" Which means I will be in this duck blind <laughs> exactly quite often. Exactly. So she, yeah. So she knew what she was getting. <laughs> There's up no to. surprise, and, and maybe she's one of those that just uh, is hardcore as we are. Yeah. There, you know. So <laughs> he's one lucky guy. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that was kind of the cool. Uh, that was pretty cool, and uh, but yeah, as far as uh, businesses, you know. Can put. Uh, I've done them for large trucking companies. They give away to their, uh, you know, their employees for Christmas gift yeah, or something. Christmas gift or just a bonus for getting something done, and mm-hmm. you know, several things like that. Huh. No, that's good, man. That's good. You're growing, which is if you don't grow, you you're you dying fall behind, and you're dying, right? <laughs> exactly right. That's right. And it's with this uh, social media age, it's. Uh, it takes a lot of work to uh, stay in front. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a lot of work to not start dying on the vine. So yeah, I hate social media. Oh, I do too. I absolutely despise it. It's a love hate because you know it. it you promotes, have to do it though. You have, you have, to, have to, to have it these days. You have to do it, and it's uh, brought me a ton of business. But uh, you know, I guess we're still kind of old school. You know. It, that social media sitting there typing to somebody on the internet. So, uh-huh. Yeah, so not for me. I just uh, I got to do it, so I do it. <laughs> yeah, I remember getting on Facebook. I, you know, Nicole was on it. My wife was on it way before me. All my friends, right, was on Facebook, and I just I'm not doing it. I'm just stupid. Yeah. But I started my business. Yeah. Like, well, I have to do it now. Right. It's the only reason I got on it. <laughs> exactly. And now I find myself wasting 20 minutes a day. Exactly. (laughs) Or longer. See what everybody's up to. Yeah, see what everybody's up to. You got to keep up with the Joneses, you know, in in, in these kind of markets. You got to see what everybody else is up to. Mm -hmm. It's a valuable tool, but uh, an annoying one at the same time. Oh, I know. (laughs) know. Lots of questions. And, you know, you're so, it makes, basically makes you always available to Mm -hmm. people. You know, I don't mind that 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 part of it so much. It's just the the constant, you know, uh, content you gotta you yeah. gotta put on there. Exactly. And then, yeah, you know, if you want your 
your content to reach anybody on a business page. Right. You know, now you got to pay for it. Exactly. And, you know, the rules with that stuff keeps changing every year with Facebook as far as, you know, who's getting to see what you're actually paying for, you know. But it's it's got its place. It's definitely brought me a lot of business. So mm-hmm. I just uh, I can't complain too much about it. No. No, <laughs> definitely not. Ah, uh, so what's uh, where you headed? Turkey season again? You're going to starting in Missouri. You're going to go to Tennessee. You're going to go to Kentucky, Arkansas, Arkansas. Yeah, uh, those are going to be probably my three main stops. Uh, I would say that maybe one more, maybe try to get to Kentucky, but uh, uh, those are going to be Missouri's going to be my first go around and uh, try to get one with a shotgun and then try to get one with a with the bow and. And uh, move on to the next state. Uh-huh. So, hopefully it works that way. I'm sure it will. <laughs> I'm sure it will. All right. Um, let us know what your contact information is. Where's people, where are people going to follow you at? They're going to follow you on Facebook. What's your handle there, your page? Facebook, uh, there is a, there's two different addiction calls pages. Uh, one's a business page and then one's like a fan group. Uh, both of them are called addiction calls, and you know, if you know Facebook, you'll know the difference between a group and a, right. and a business page. But they're both called addiction calls, and then of course my name John Cap. You know, you can follow me there or uh, friend me there. And Instagram is at addiction calls. Uh, I don't do you Instagram a whole lot, uh, but I will if I'm. If I got something really cool I want people to see, I'll throw it on there. But for the most part, I I just do Facebook. Uh, but uh, email, you know, john at addictioncalls.com, or they can call me at 573-587-6228. Okay. And that's, uh, and the website's www.addictioncalls.com as well. All right, and you've got uh, product for sale on your website. Yep, yep, most... Uh, on my website, it's just going to be production stuff, which, you know, uh, is the acrylic calls and uh, the mass-made uh, CNC pot calls and so forth. The custom stuff, they just have to contact God. me on <clears throat> Facebook. Let them know what you want. Yeah. Um, and also pay attention to, you'll always throw a, you know, a limited edition on Facebook, right? Yep. Limited yep. run. Yep. There is, uh, one and those, of those go fast. Yeah. So you better click get notifications when John Cat posts on addiction exactly. calls. There's actually one coming up here pretty soon with the new uh, uh, duck call I got coming out. It's called the Detox. It's uh, you know with a cut down rage now these days. Uh, uh, I kind of went in and put the cut down sound into a call that you can most guys can run like a normal J frame. So. Uh, be on the lookout for that one. It'll be probably in the next week or two hitting the uh, Facebook page. And they're going to be very limited, probably only going to be 25 of them so, uh, in this first run. So you got to hop on there pretty quick. Yep. Yeah, they'll, they'll be gone in All 25 right. of them will be gone in four minutes. Yep. Probably Prob- so. I hope so. Less than that. <laughs> I hope so. Because I've had a lot of good feedback. I, I had those down at the NWTF, and a lot of guys got to run them, and uh, they were impressed with it. So I think they're going to go pretty quick. Uh-huh. Good deal, man. Anything else you can think of? Uh, 
Not really. I'm just uh, stoked to get out there in the woods in the springtime with the birds, uh, birds chirping and the grass greening up and yep. hearing that gobble. You know, I I just can't wait anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Well, it's a. Uh... It's probably the best day of the year so far, and we're in here doing a podcast. So exactly. We need to get out of here and <laughs> yeah. go shoot our bows or exactly, something. Exactly, so. exactly right. All right, well, we're going to wrap this up. We have John Kep, Addiction Calls, so be sure to hit him up on Facebook at Addiction Calls. There's two Facebook pages, a group, the page, Instagram, follow him there. Hit him up, John Kep, on Facebook, friend request. Give him a call. Check his website out. Yeah, absolutely. Get his calls. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, they're the bomb. Well, I appreciate it, Derek. All right, man. We'll do this again probably after yeah. turkey season. Yeah. I want to hear about all your all your good hunting store Boy, successes. I hope I got some good It'll ones. be success. We all know. <laughs> I hope I got some good ones for you. Oh, yeah. All right. We'll catch you all later. All right. This is Derek Dernberger, and you're listening to the Knocked and Loaded Podcast. 